Welcome to Gateway Church Cymru, a church where anyone can be transformed by the story of Jesus. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. A place of holy mystery. And before we come to the word, can we just pray this morning? Amen. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, we just thank you this morning for your word, your word which is living. Lord, your word which brings hope and life to us, Lord God. Your word which guides us and directs us. And Lord, even on times, Lord, correct us, Lord. And Lord, we thank you for that. And Lord, we pray this morning that the truth of your word would just burn in our hearts, Lord Jesus. Lord, that once again we would receive that fresh love and passion for you, Lord. Lord, I pray this morning that faith would rise. Lord, the resurrection power would be released in this place, Lord, and within our hearts, Lord. Lord, so that you would be seen and that you would be glorified. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So the title of the message this morning is A Place of Holy Mystery. I know my prayer is that on this Easter Sunday is that this church would be a church of holy mystery. That our community would be a place of holy mystery as well. And if you have a Bible, can you turn to Luke chapter 7, please? Luke chapter 7, and we're going to read from verse 11 to 17. And it'll, it'll be up on the screen behind us, and I'm reading from the message translation. Luke chapter 7, verse 11 to 17. And it says, Not long after that, Jesus went to the village named. His disciples were with him, along with quite a large crowd. As they approached the village gate, they met a funeral procession. A woman's only son was being carried out for burial, and the mother was a widow. When Jesus saw her, his heart broke. He said, don't cry. Then he went over and touched the coffin. The pallbearer stopped. He said, young man, I tell you, get up. The dead son sat up and began talking. Jesus presented him to his mother. They all realized they were in a place of holy mystery. That God was at work among them. They were quietly worshipful and then noisily grateful, calling out amongst themselves, God is back. Look into the needs of his people. The news of Jesus spread all through the country. Now we see that just before this, this story happens, just before this account, we see that Jesus, he'd been ministering in, in some nearby towns and nearby villages. He'd been healing the sick. He'd been feeding the hungry crowds. He'd been preaching about the kingdom of God. And, and as he was doing that, many people were healed. Many people received his message and, and repented of their sins. And, and we see that, that God was doing something incredible. Jesus was doing something incredible. And as a result of this work, many people now joined him and decided to follow him and were joining with the disciples. And now this large crowd of people, they were heading to the city or a town called Nain. And as they were heading to the city, they weren't quietly just walking, chatting next to each other. They were praising the Lord. They were worshipping Jesus for what he had done and for what was happening in their midst. They were singing his praises. But something interesting happens here. As they arrive at the city gates, as they arrive at the city called Nain, they were met by this funeral procession. By this funeral procession. These people were singing, they were worshipping, they were shouting, praising their God. And all of a sudden they came across a group of people who were in mourning. And, you know, what an incredible contrast that was. 
people who were praising because of what God was doing, that God was alive, that God was moving, and yet, on the other side, a group of people who were faced with death, a group of people who were mourning and upset. You know, on one side, there was this crowd who were full of joy. They were united, singing God's praises in celebration because of what Jesus was doing. But then the appearance of this other group was in total contrast. You know, they were overcome with grief. They didn't know what to do. I'm sure they lost all hope. They didn't know what to do. And this group was overcome. They were, they were mourning. They were having the funeral of this young boy who had died. And there was these pallbearers who were carrying the coffin where this young boy was, where the body of this young boy was. You know, as, as Christians, as believers, we know both of these realities, don't we? I'm sure all of us who belong to Jesus, we know both of these realities. On, on the one side, we know that deep joy of what it means to belong to Jesus. We know what it's like when, when God answers our prayers. We know what it's like when Jesus has saved us and we're there praising him. We're on the mountaintop. We're worshiping him. God is moving in our lives. We know that in our lives. But yet, on the, at the same time, we also know what it is to feel pain, to feel sorrow, to feel hurt, to feel brokenness because of the world in which we're living in. We're living in a broken world, a fractured world, a world which seems like it has no hope, a world which is lost and dead in its sin. We see all around us, don't we? Marriages falling apart. We see terrible hardships, people losing their jobs, loved ones who are struck down with, with serious terminal illnesses. Children, maybe, maybe you've come here this morning and you've got children who, who just don't want to know Jesus, who have fallen away from Jesus, have no interest in him whatsoever. We know both of these realities, what it means to belong to God, to love him and serve him, but yet also to feel the, feel the pain and the suffering of sin and this brokenness in this world. I know the reality is this morning, if you aren't facing difficulty or trouble or hardship, then you know someone who is. You know someone who is going through that at this moment in time, someone who just doesn't know what to do. I know the truth is, even as a people this morning, we know what it's like even on a national level. The brokenness in our nation. The hurt in our nation. You know, we see it. Our nation doesn't have a clue what it's doing. Government doesn't know what it's doing. Nobody knows what's happening. We see the pain and the sorrow all around us. Family broken. In our community. The hurt of, of alcoholism and people addicted to drugs and, and immorality. Left, right and center. We know what it's like. You know, we, we here, we gather together every Sunday to celebrate our God. Yet there are people even who come into this place and people within our community are broken. We're dying on the inside. Imagine the, the contrast of these two groups at that city of Nain as they, as they meet each other at the gates of the city of Nain. That, that incredible contrast there. Jesus' followers, they were there worshiping, celebrating. Jesus is alive. God is with us. God is moving. And yet on the other side, these people were suffering were in sorrow because of death. You know, I'm sure those people who were a part of that funeral, I'm sure they were aghast at what was actually going on, that this crowd was coming, that this crowd was being so disrespectful. I'm sure they were protesting, saying, will you calm down? Will you be quiet? Can't you see there's a funeral going on right here? Can't you see that this young boy has died? Can't you see what is happening? The people are in mourning. I'm sure they would have approached that crowd who was celebrating Jesus with those type of protests. But it, as this is going on, as this incredible contrast is happening, as these two groups collide, in the middle of that, we see something powerful and incredible happening. 
in this very moment, we see that life comes face to face with death. That the true life comes face to face with death. We read it in, in verse 13. It says, and I'm going to read from the NIV translation. It says, when the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her and he said, go fight. In the middle of this celebration and, and mourning, Jesus comes onto the scene. Jesus is there and he sees what is happening. And life itself comes face to face with death. And as he sees this, as people are overcome with sorrow and overcome with grief, the Bible tells us that the Lord, his heart broke at this situation. That it all, yeah, it was great people were celebrating, but he said, hold on a second. There are people who are suffering. There are people who have a need. There's a need in this situation. You know, I'm sure that this bereaved widow, this, this woman, this mother, I'm sure her heart was broken that day. I'm sure she thought that the, that was the end of her life as she knew it. You know, she didn't have any other family. This was it. This young boy was, was her life. This was all that remained. And now he too was dead. And she probably felt that there was no reason for her to go on. But here comes Jesus, the Son of God, God in the flesh. And what does he do? How does Jesus react to the situation? What does he do in this situation? Does Jesus just go on with his everyday life? Does he pass this funeral, you know, and feel a little bit sorry for them and then carry on about his business, praying for other people, sharing about the good news of God's kingdom? What does Jesus do in this situation? What do we do as the people of God when we are faced with needs? You know, I, I can only speak for myself, but so often I walk past them. I can walk past them. We can all do that. We can ignore the situation that is right in front of us, the brokenness that is in front of us. But thank God that our God never passes people who are broken, that our God will never pass us. We see in this very situation that Jesus has compassion for them, that, it, that his heart breaks, and that is the heart of our God. His heart is for the broken, for the needy, for the outcast, for those who are in a need. I love what, how David describes our Lord, uh, the heart of our God, the character of our God. He describes him in, in Psalm 86, verse 15. But you, Lord, are a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. That is the God who we serve. He is not a God who is blind to our needs or circumstance, but he is a God who says, right, I'm going to roll up my sleeves and I'm going to get involved. I'm going to move in this situation. And I believe this morning the Lord would say to someone here that maybe you are going through a difficulty. Maybe you feel overcome by grief, grief, but know this morning that the Lord will not abandon you or leave you, but he will be there with you. He is there to minister to you. If you will just allow him and you will look to him and you will trust in but you know the amazing thing in this situation is that, yes, Jesus had compassion for him. His heart broke for this situation, for the loss of this young boy. But you know, it's interesting. He didn't just feel sorry for him. This compassion, this heartache, it moved him to action. I wonder how often does that happen in our lives when we see needs around us? Does that move us to action or do we just say, oh, you know, I feel sorry for that person. You know, or I pray for you. Does that move us to action? This need moved Jesus to action. And I love what it says in verse 14 or 15. It says, then he, then he went up. He touched the bear. They, uh, they were carrying him on. And the bearer stood still. He said, young man, I say to you, get up. The dead man sat up 
and began to talk. And Jesus gave him back to his mother. We see in the middle of this situation that Jesus doesn't just ignore this need. He sees the need. And what does Jesus do? He approaches the coffin and he touches the coffin. And he says to that young man, get up. Young man, sit up. And what is incredible, what happens is that young man is raised to life. Jesus comes along in that situation and he says, there's no funeral today. There's not going to be a funeral today. Yes, there might have been a death, but I'm not going to tolerate this. There's not going to be any funeral today. It says, I love what it says in John chapter 10, verse 10. This is what Jesus says. He says, the thief comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. That is who the God in whom we serve. He says, no funeral today. I love what it says in John chapter 14 and verse 6. Jesus answered them and said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the life. He is the resurrection and the life. Maybe you've come here this morning and you feel like the enemy is trying to kill you. He's trying to kill your faith. He's trying to steal your faith. Maybe you feel this morning that Satan is trying to bury you with your circumstances and with your difficulties. And you feel like there is no hope and you can't see a way out of it. Well, know this morning that Jesus comes along and he says, there's not going to be a funeral today. No matter what the enemy has said, that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. No matter what the enemy might do, that Jesus is able to resurrect your situation. He is able to bring to life that which was dead. You might be overcome with addictions. You might feel lost. You might be overcome with hurts that you can't let go of. Maybe you've come here this morning and God spoke a promise into your life. And you feel like that promise is now dead. It's gone far too long. And you feel there is no hope that God is not going to use you. Or God's not going to save that loved one. Or God's not going to heal you. Know this morning that Jesus comes along and he says there's not going to be a funeral today. There's no funeral today. You know the gospel is all about the resurrection. The gospel is built on the resurrection. Without the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we have no hope. There's no reason for us to be here or for us to worship or to exist this morning. The church wouldn't exist without the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. But thank God that Jesus did rise again from the grave. That Jesus is alive this morning. That we have a hope this morning. That we have a future this morning. Because Jesus is alive. The gospel is all about resurrection. You know, sin doesn't make us bad people. Sin makes us dead people. We were dead in our trespasses and our sin. We were dead in our trespasses and sin. And Jesus, he didn't come along to make bad people good. Jesus came along to make dead people alive. That is why Jesus came. He came to save those who were dead in their trespasses and sin, to raise them to a new life in God, to become a new creation in and through Jesus. You know, we see in this story that this dead boy, he couldn't do anything about his situation because he was dead. There was nothing he could do. He was dead. He was in that coffin. He was dead. He couldn't raise himself from the dead. You know, dead people can't get to God. When we are dead in our trespasses and sin, there's nothing we can do to get ourselves to God. No matter how good we try to be, we are dead in our trespasses and sins. And there's nothing we can do to get ourselves right with God. But thank God this morning that God loves us so much 
that he came at just the right time and he finds us in our death, in our sin, but he come and he made a way to raise us to life. And that's what happened in this situation here. This dead boy couldn't do anything, but Jesus came. He came along and he raised this dead boy back to life. He has raised us to life this morning. We belong to him. I love what it says in John 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him, believes in Jesus, will not perish but have everlasting life. There was nothing we could do to make ourselves right with God. But God didn't abandon us or leave us. He sent his son Jesus to die for us, to take our sin, to take the punishment that we deserve so that we could be forgiven, that we could be raised to new life in and through Jesus. Know this morning that his love for you is relentless. That yeah, you might be dead in your sins this morning, but God has come for you to raise you to life. His love for this world is relentless. That is the God in whom we serve. Let's praise the Lord today. On this day, we celebrate that death has been defeated once and for all. Jesus, the resurrection and the life has overcome death. He has won the victory. It says in Revelation chapter 1 and verse 18, this is what Jesus says. He says, I am the living one. I was dead and now look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. Jesus holds the keys. He has won the victory over death this morning. He is alive. He conquered death. And thank God this morning that we who belong in him and have accepted this message and accepted what Jesus has done, we can know that life. We can know that life this morning. He came down from heaven to earth to die for us because he loved us to take our place and to give us life. That is why Jesus has come. It says in Romans chapter 6, and verse 14, Romans 6 verse 14. For sin shall no longer be your master, because you are not under the law, but under grace. We've been set free this morning. Jesus has overcome death, but not only has he overcome death, he overcame sin. He won the victory on the cross. He cried out, it is finished. Sin no longer has a hold on us anymore. We have been set free because Jesus is risen. Because Jesus is alive, we mean set free from our sin. Let's praise him this morning. Let's thank him this morning. That we don't have to be struggling in our sin anymore. That if we belong to Jesus, then he has set us free. We are free from our sin. That's what happened on this day. This young boy who is dead, Jesus comes along and says, there's nothing there for you. He says, get up, sit down. That young boy sat up and Jesus took him by his hand to his mother you know after this incredible miracle we see the response of the crowd and i love what it says in verse 16 and we're going to read it again in the in the message translation it says they all realized they were in a place of holy mystery that god was at work among them they were quietly worshipful and then noisily grateful calling out among themselves God is back looking to the needs of his people. One translation says, the fear came upon them. The fear of, the God, of God came upon them. They were in awe of what happened. Can you imagine being there that day? Can you imagine being that mother, thinking that that was the end of your son? And all of a sudden, Jesus comes along and your son is alive. 
Can you imagine being there and seeing that on that day? They were in awe. They couldn't believe it. They knew that God was in their midst, that they were in the presence of the Lord, that they were in the presence of God himself. It was a place of holy mystery. You know, resurrection is at the heart of revival. Resurrection is at the heart of revival when dead things come back to life, are resurrected back to life. Resurrection is at the heart of revival. And we see in this town, revival begins to take place. Revival takes place as Jesus raised this young boy to life. Revival begins to take place. And if you don't believe me, this is the, that was the response of the crowd. They were quietly worshipful. They were worshipping God as you. I'm in the presence of God. But then it says they were noisily grateful. They were singing God's praises. Can you imagine the celebration? Can you imagine the celebration? It's greater than any celebration in any football stadium or rugby stadium. I bet the noise in that town was unbearable. It was mad that day, I'm sure. And, I'm sure, and my prayer and my heart is that this place would be a place of holy mystery. That this morning, on this Easter morning, we would realize that we have been raised to life in and through Jesus. That we are no longer dead in our trespasses and sin. But Jesus has risen and he's made us alive with him. That death doesn't have the victory anymore. Sin isn't the end of it anymore. That Jesus has won the victory. That place was a place of holy mystery. Quietly worshipful. Noisily grateful. That's the sound of revival. If you, if you want to know what the sound of revival is, that's the sound. People were in awe and reverence of God. Loving the Lord. Fearing the Lord. Knowing who he is. Whose presence they're in but also noisily grateful, shouting his name, shouting his praises for what he has done in our lives. A people shouting and declaring his name. You know, this place, the city of Maine, is an insignificant place, a small place. You know, a, a place that, that isn't even heard of these days. I, I wonder who's ever heard of Maine apart from outside the Bible. You know, it's one of those small places. You know, that day, revival took place in that town. The resurrection power of God came into that town. And you know, my prayer above all things is that on this day, on this Easter Sunday, that the resurrection power of God would come into our town. Abarama, our village, Aberdeen, small, insignificant places, but that would be met by the power of our risen Savior. That would know once again the power of God. That would once again, I pray that this village and this town would be singing the praises of God. The people would be in quietly worshipful, in all reverence, but also noisily grateful of what God has done in our lives. You know, my prayer is that this church would be a place of holy mystery. That we wouldn't just be a religious church going through meetings and going through the same old, same old. That this place would be a place that is filled with the awe and the presence of God. But a place that is also not where the people aren't quiet. But we, we as a people are singing and shouting the praises of our God for what he has done in our lives. That is my prayer for this church. You know, Satan is trying to kill us. He's trying to bury us. He's trying to rob us. But I thank God, as we've already declared this morning. I love what it says in Matthew chapter 16 verse 1. To seven. It says, when the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they might go and anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb and asked each other, who will roll away the stone from the entrance of the tomb? 
people, when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in white robes sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You were looking for Jesus, the Nazarene who was crucified. He has risen. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go and tell the disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. That resurrection morning, that garden, that tomb, that was a place of holy mystery. They didn't know what was going on. They were going there, the women were going there to, to anoint the body of Jesus. But as they went there, they found he is not dead. He is alive. Our God is alive. He is risen and he's alive. And they were there. They were overcome with all. It says they're trembling and bewildered. The women went out and fled to the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. They couldn't believe it. Jesus was alive. Their Savior, their God was alive. And that is what we celebrate in this morning, that our God isn't a dead God. He is the risen God. Our God is more alive than ever. He is alive today. He is alive. He is seated on the throne. He is risen today. Jesus is overcome. He is the resurrection and the life. On this day, we celebrate that Satan couldn't kill him. The grave couldn't defeat him. Sin couldn't hold him. Jesus declared even on his own, on his own death, he declared that there's not going to be a funeral today. That's what we celebrate on this Resurrection Sunday. No funeral today. Go and look in that tomb. His body's not there. He is alive. Jesus is alive. And then it says there in verse 17, in Luke chapter 7, it says, this is the declaration. God is back. Look into the needs of his people. The news of Jesus spread all through the country. They realized, yeah, Jesus is here. God is here. He's not dead. God is alive. He is here with us. God is back. He's looking after our needs. He is in our midst. You know, I believe with all my heart that God, for us who belong to Jesus, God has given us new life. He's given us new life. But I believe we have a responsibility this morning, just as the people here, as they realize that God was back, that he was in their midst, that they, that young boy had been raised to life. As someone says, the news of Jesus spread all through the country. You know, I believe this morning that God has anointed us. He has filled us with his spirit, not to have a nice time in church, but to carry this message to our communities, to be the hands and feet of Jesus to all those communities. I believe with all my heart that Jesus is going to raise our community to life. I don't know how many of you believe that, but I believe God's going to move in Abrahamon. That Abrahamon, yes, it might be dead in their sins at this moment in time, but I believe that the resurrection and life will raise it to life one day. I'm believing for that. I'm trusting in that. You know, it's time for this nation to once again hear the sound of revival. It's one, our nation needs to hear once again that our God is alive, that he's in control, that he's not dead, that he is alive. You know, I don't know about you, but I long to hear those praises of God being sung from every corner, every street, every home. I long to hear that. People quietly worshipful, noisily wakeful. I'm praying for that. You know, I believe the Lord would say to us on this resurrection Sunday, no funeral today. Your situation, no funeral today. No matter what the enemy might throw you, no matter what life throws at you, no funeral today. Jesus is alive and you can know him, you can know his power, you can overcome, know that he will bring you through any difficulty, any situation, no funeral today. Jesus is alive. 
my prayers, God, let us both become a closer, holier people. It's nothing that I can conjure up. I pray that, Lord, would you move by your spirit? That's my prayer. This place would be a place of holy mystery for the glory and honor of Jesus. Not so this church would be in the newspapers or or be published everywhere, but that Jesus would be glorified, that people would come and encounter the resurrection and the life. So on this Easter Sunday, no, no funeral today. No funeral today for your faith. You know, I believe maybe this morning there, there might be someone here and you're struggling in your faith. You feel like giving up. The Lord would say to you, no funeral today. He's still got you. He's still holding on to you. Just turn there and look to him again. He can resurrect that, that calling on your life again. He can resurrect that promise in your life. No funeral today. There is no funeral in this place. And I declare this morning that there will be no funeral for Gateway Church Cymru. That God has a plan and a future for this church. That this future, the future of this church is going to be greater than anything he's done in the past. We declare this morning on this Resurrection Sunday, no funeral for Gateway Church. But that God is going to move in a mighty way. We are believing as a church for a whole household salvation, for miracles, for signs and wonders, for healings, for salvation. I believe with all of my heart, I'm trusting on the word of God, that God is going to move in this house. And that we will know the resurrection power of his, uh, in this house once again. No funeral today. There will be no funeral today. Amen. Shall we pray? Amen. I, I just want to pray this morning for... I want to give a few opportunities. First of all, I want to give an opportunity for anyone who's come here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you feel this morning, you've come here and you're you're overcome by the difficulties and the stresses of this world, the pains of this world. You know this morning that you've messed up and there's nothing you can do to get yourself right or get yourself out of a situation. You know Jesus has come. He loves you so much that he came And he went to the cross to die for you. To take the punishment that you deserve. To take all the bad things that you have done upon himself. So that you could be forgiven. That you could know his resurrection. You could know his life and his love and the hope of eternal life. This morning you can know him as your Lord and Savior. He's not a dead God. He's alive. And you can know him this morning. And I want to give an opportunity first of all to anyone who doesn't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. While everyone's got their head bowed and their eyes closed. Just lift up a hand as an indication to me that you would like to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Take it down again. I'm not going to embarrass you. Just lift up your hand and take it down again and say, yeah, Pastor Luke, I want to know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And then I'm going to say a prayer that you can say in your heart this morning. Is there anyone here this morning who'd like to accept Jesus as the Lord and Savior? Nobody's looking. Everyone's got their eyes closed. Just lift up a hand and take it down again. If you would like to know that resurrection and life and love, there anyone here? Maybe you've come here this morning and, and you do belong to Jesus, but maybe you feel like Satan is trying to bury you and kill you and steal your faith. And, or maybe you feel like you're overcome by the pressures and the difficulties of this world and circumstances. I believe the Lord will say to you this morning, no funeral today. And I'm just going to pray for you this morning. If you want to know the resurrection and life in your situation, in your need, if you want to know the power of God, and the help and the strength of God in your life this morning, just lift up a hand and take it down again. I'm going to pray for you. Amen. I see your hand. Is there anyone else here this morning? Amen. I see your hand. Yeah. Amen. I see your hand. Is there anyone else here this morning? Amen. I'm going to 
pray for you this morning. For those who've raised their hand, and maybe you've come and you haven't raised a hand, but you are feeling like that. That's okay. I'm going to pray for you as well. And just call upon the Lord. Ask him to meet your need this morning, to minister in your heart and to your understanding. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, we thank you this morning that you are alive, that we serve you, the living, risen Savior. Lord, we thank you this morning that you have overcome Satan, you have overcome sin, you have overcome death, that you are victorious and alive today, Lord. And Lord Jesus, I do pray for those who have raised their hands this morning. Lord, you know every person, you know the situations that they are going through, and Lord, you know that the enemy might come and whisper those things into their life, Lord, trying to steal their faith, kill their faith, Lord. But Lord, we declare this morning, as you declared, no funeral today, Lord. Lord, we pray for your resurrection power and your life into every one of these situations. Lord, we pray for you to break every chain, Lord God. Lord, to crush every lie, Lord Jesus. Lord, I pray for this morning that those who have raised their hands would know the assurance, Lord, that you have overcome and that you will bring them through this situation and they can know the victory because you have won the victory, Lord. Lord, we look to you this morning. I pray, minister and move in a mighty way. And Lord, for those who haven't, who haven't raised their hands, Lord, Lord, I pray, Lord, would you move in their situations this morning? Lord, we declare there's no funeral today. You have won the victory. We're on victory's side. We thank you we belong to you today. That, Lord, you have overcome. And we thank you, Lord, and we praise you. And, Lord, I pray this morning that this church, Lord, every person, Lord, that this place would be a place of holy mystery once again. Oh, God, would you pour out your spirit in this church once again? Would you send revival on this resurrection Sunday, Lord? Would you revive us again, Lord, so that you would be glorified, that this community would be transformed, that our homes would be transformed, Lord, that this nation would be transformed. Lord, we declare on this Easter Sunday that it's not going to be a funeral today. We thank you that you have won and we belong to you. And Lord, we give you the praise. We give you the glory. Lord, we thank you and we ask all this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Thanks again for listening to this podcast. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. For more content from Gateway and to connect with us, go to gatewaychurchcumry.co.uk. Have a great day.